It was, uh, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of how to start this little introduction uh, without people kind of getting all on edge. I, I was going to start and say it was a, a week of great loss, but it really wasn't. I can't lie in the pulpit. Um, it, it was a little loss, but it was a, a loss that I'll, I'll just allow to introduce the sermon today. I, you know, uh, a week and a half or so ago, I got one of those nifty little things for the end table by the bed that allows you to plug three devices or four devices in at one single time so you can, you know, um, I, like, I like things in order. I've worked long enough with, with perfectionists to, to like it that way as well. I, I understand the, the, the benefit of things being in order, things being in their place. I, I appreciate being able to find what I'm looking for. And so I bought this little charge bay. It will charge your phone and it'll charge your AirPods, it'll charge your, uh, your iPad, and you can kind of get everything all in order, a little, little stand there for your watch, you can lay your watch, your, your Apple watch, if you've got an Apple watch, you can lay that on there, and, and everything's kind of just in, in one spot, one place, and, and the end table, it's got books on and Bibles on, it's got, but it's got ca- enough cables to, to strangle somebody in the middle of the night if any, everything gets out of order, I don't know if your end table looks like, or your night table looks like that or not, but so I was just trying to bring a little order to the chaos that seems to have been created as, you know, things, items get added. And so sometime early this week, I think it was Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, I, gra- I grabbed my AirPods off the unique new charging bay. And as I was heading out of the bedroom, I flipped the little cap open. And to my dismay, I was missing an earbud. I was dismayed because usually when I lose something, I got an idea about where it's lost or when it was lost, I, I can usually think back because there's enough, uh, enough of that activity in my life because some people file in files and some people file in piles and I'm one of those people that file in piles. But I usually can find what I'm looking for. I have a good idea which pile it's in. So I go through the pile and find whatever the file is and then we're on track. We're on, oh, well, this, this, this morning, t- this Tuesday morning, when I, when I flipped that cap open, I drew a complete blank. I was complete, <clears throat> completely lost as to where that earbud may have been. I, di- I didn't remember. I remember at one point having one in my ear, but I remember telling myself, now, if I don't put that back in the earbud case, I'm going to lose it. And usually that's enough to jar the mental energy into remembering to put it back. But somewhere between when I had it and used it last until when I looked for it on that Tuesday morning, it had gotten lost. Now, thank God there's all kinds of tools. You can go to your phone and say, find my, the find my tool. And and you flip open the find my tool and you can look back to when you last used it. And it was finding the current iPod case. It was finding the current, the AirPod case. It was finding the current AirPod that was there. But it it had no idea about where my lost AirPod was. So uh, the search ensued. Digging around in couch cushions and pulling all the pillows off the bed and looking around the night table. And to my dismay, it wasn't found. And Kathy said, well, where did you leave it? I said, I don't know where I left it. If I knew where I left it, I'd go get it. I don't know where I I left. I can't find it. I I, I can't. So all the tools at my disposal couldn't couldn't find it. And I, I just said to myself sometimes what I say, it'll show up. And by Wednesday, no air, earbud, airpod, airbud, bud pod, 
whatever you want to call it. I don't know what to call it. Headphone. Still no headphone. By Friday, no headphone. And by Saturday morning, I was surfing Kijiji for Apple AirPods. I tell you all that to say this, still haven't found it. So if you know what I'm looking for and you've seen it, let me know. <clears throat> um, I did get another pair for 40 bucks. Thank you. Shayla or somebody downtown. Kathy and I went and picked them up. Got another set. <clears throat> but if you're anything like me, when something is lost, you have a desire to find it. It may be a hubcap off your old car, but when you lose it, you're like, ah, oh, I hate that. I, I hate losing Something that we've got. We all hate the sense of loss. We, we hate having to look for, for the thing to be found. We, we hate that. We don't like it. We, we're, we're, we're just, you know, frustrated by that. And I, I can sense, you know, it's, it's a, it, you know, and we're talking about bigger things as we transition out of this little illustration. We're talking about bigger things than a $50 headphone. We're talking about, we're talking about people who, who have lost their dignity, people who have lost their, their pride, people who have lost their, their good name. There are people in our, in our lives, in our sphere of influence, who, who life has stolen something from them. They're, it's been taken from them. Somewhere along the way, something got lost. And, and in scripture, we find people like that. One particular lady, her mourning was unlike, um, unlike many of those around her. She was searching for many things. And, and thankfully, on that same morning, there was a Savior that was searching as well. I, I would take a moment and I would say that his morning was unlike the other travelers that were around him that day. He and his group of followers readied themselves for the journey from Judea to Galilee. He knew exactly where he was going. They thought they knew. They thought they knew, but he had a mission. He was already under contract of the Holy Ghost to find the one that was lost. The, the great shepherd, the marvelous shepherd, the supernatural shepherd was looking for one lost sheep that morning. And she didn't even realize that it was her. She thought her journey to the well would be under the radar, but it wasn't. And if Jesus, the Jew, had stopped to ask for directions of his journey, then people would have probably told him the typical response. They said, go east on the dirt road until you get to the Jordan River. And when you pass the Jordan River, head north until you get to the dirt road and pass by Samaria. And then head west until you get to Galilee. But this wouldn't be a typical travel day for a typical traveler. This was a search and a rescue mission that needed to take place. I'm sure that the disciples headed on the journey toward the typical route. But Jesus had different plans and he reoriented them and redirected them. You see, John chapter 4 has two search parties that are searching. One is a woman and she is searching for hope. She's searching for change. She was searching for a future instead of somebody that would continually dig up her past. But the other was a man on a mission to make all things new. We're talking about the power of something new. And there's great power when God allows us to remove the old and walk into the new. There's great power attached to a new year. We get to leave the old and walk into a new. Dr. Luke reminded us of this man's mission statement. He said, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He was on a mission to find her. She has never been more unsure of her direction, but he knows exactly who he is looking for. She has no idea that her search is about to be over, and he knows exactly that she is about ready to find brand new hope. 
She has no idea that she will ever get over the cycle of failure, but he knows that her history will soon be forgotten and she will step into the power of something brand new in her life. He must needs go through Samaria. The disciples probably quarreled a little bit maybe with him and then behind his back about where that journey was taking them. But I'm sure that there were benefits that were attached to a journey that went through Samaria. At least they'll avoid the Pharisees in Samaria. They don't typically hang out there. But it wasn't just about who they were avoiding for him, that savior, that shepherd. It was about who he was meeting. There was a divine appointment scheduled in heaven's calendar. And Jesus was going to find the woman at the well. So through Samaria they went. The Bible tells us that when they came to the well, the well with the history of Jacob, the one that wrestled with God, that Jacob that dug through the dirt to open the fountain of water, that well was where Jesus stopped. And the scripture tells us that he sat down being wearied with his journey. He sat on that very well and he sent his disciples into the city to buy meat and this very weary savior waited for her. Her morning was unlike the morning of the other ladies in the village around her. The laughter and the hum of conversation that always seems to accompany a group of ladies rose and fell as they wound their way through the city streets. They always grew in number as they approached the well of Jacob. Ladies from each household coming in to join the throng as they went. This was likely the most difficult of daily tasks to do. The water for cooking and cleaning and drinking had to be drawn from the well. But good conversation and community always seems to lighten the load of hard work. Each would take her turn lowering the vessels down into the cool, clear waters of the well. Scripture says that it was very deep. It was deep. They say even when they found it recently and identified the well, after thousands of years, it has still the depth of somewhere between 86 to 89 feet. It was a deep well. But that season of hardship, that time of the ladies working together, it was a time of fellowship. And the woman discussed the things that they had accomplished the day before. They would uh, talk about the plans that were there for the day ahead of them, what little Johnny was saying now and how the crops are growing and who treated who how and who was engaged to who now and who was getting married and who should be dating and on and on the story go like it does. You know, Justin and I can get in the car and drive for 15 minutes and not say a word, and no one's upset. Don't even think about anybody being mad, but if I'm in the car with Kathy five minutes and there isn't anything being said, something's up. Something's wrong. That's when I start saying, uh, what's going on? What's happening? There's just something about that that ability for ladies to, to, to converse and communicate and talk and their, their feelings are right out there. They just kind of get it. But that, that, that was kind of like this morning activity for these women. I know I'm telling you some things that you already know this morning. But I'm reminding you that, that this lady that we're speaking about didn't join that group of women. It may have been a chance to network with the community. But too often it was her story that they were talking about. The roots of the grapevine find deep soil here. And... That way for women to stay in touch was also a way for her name to be besmirched, pulled through the mud. In spite of all of the benefits that may have been there for attending one of those morning meetups, not everybody was welcome. There were some that most would wish and were glad that they just stayed home. 
And the main character of our sermon was one of those, some that those women did not want to see. So rather than endure the long gazes down pious noses and rather than face the ridicule that would come her way, she chose to wait. She stayed behind shuttered windows in her home as the ladies wound their way through her area. She would stay there and welcome the hot sun over the hot tempers of the self-righteous. She would pick the hottest part of the day and do the most difficult tasks. So like every other morning, she stayed in. She waited until she heard them passing back on their way home from the well. She'd do whatever needed be to be done that day, and then at the hottest part of the day, when she was most likely to find herself alone at the well, she would make her way to that spot between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. There had to be a better way, but she didn't know what it was. She had questions. Does life have to exist like this? Is this as good as it gets for me? There must be answers, but she didn't know where to find them. She didn't know how to find them. And so the search would continue today like it had every other day before. This solo search party of one woman would continue the search to be rescued. Rescued from her affairs. Rescued from her loss of love. Rescued from the daily grind of shame that consumed her. Rescued from the despair that hung over her. Rescued from those who had used her. Rescued from those that had abused her. Rescued from the cycle of sin that was destroying her from the inside out. Her life is in a, in a lot different than from some that are listening this morning. We all need a savior at some point in our lives. And your story may be different. Some may say, well, mine isn't as bad as hers. But some may be saying mine's a little worse. We all find ourselves somewhere on the continuum of lost. We all need rescued. And thank God today there is a Savior. What she didn't know was that today wasn't just going to be a day of attempting to do something better. Today was the day that something new was going to happen to her. In verse 7, it's just succinct. It says, there comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. Verse 7 is the climactic moment of this scripture in chapter 4 where she thought a meeting was happening by chance, but it was a completely divinely orchestrated event. I, 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 before the church checks out and says, well, this is just another evangelistic message for someone that needs to hear it, I want to remind someone the thread that God has been weaving through the last few weeks of the sermons is that you are part of the answer that our world needs. You are part of the solution. You are the one that can wait at the well to let the woman know there's hope in the midst of hopelessness. There's an answer to the questions that are in your mind right now. Somebody needs to realize that I've got what the world needs. I've got an answer. I've got a solution. I'm, I'm part of the promise. I'm not part of the problem. I'm part of the hope. I get to be a part of God using somebody in this world to reach somebody that's lost today. God needs every one of us at work. God needs every one of us engaged. God needs every one of us looking for somebody that's searching for an answer in the midst of their despair today. God is using us in a mighty way if we're willing to be used by God. It's that moment there cometh a woman of Samaria. We've got to let that settle in our spirits because someone's going to come across our path. Someone's going to come to where we were and it may just be that God has 
Come on, it's a divine appointment. God has designed it. God has enabled it. God's orchestrated it all. Nothing is just happening by chance. Someone with a question in their mind, someone that's discouraged, someone that's broken, someone that's hurting, someone that's out of order. God, it it may be that God's just kind of met you where you are because let me remind you that when you can't get to where God is, God is willing to come where you are. He's going to come to your place. He's going to come into your space. He's going to show up at your well. You you thought you had this all in control, that you were kind of enabling the situation. You, It's your well in your space. It's in your town. It's in your community. But let me just remind you, God is showing up to somebody's well. You didn't anticipate it. He, he may be a stranger to where you are this morning, but God has allowed us to connect on purpose. It's divine appointment that we're together this morning. It's divine appointment. It's not government restriction. It may be that this was the way that God came to get your attention. It's just a webcast. It was just a click. It was just something that you're going to check out. Somebody shared a live service, but God said, hold on. I've got an answer to the question mark that's hanging over your life today. Woo. We may as well get excited about it. That's the God that we serve. He's the searching shepherd, and he's going to find you. If you're willing to be found, if you're willing to open the opportunity, God said, I came on purpose. I'm sitting at your well. I showed up in your living room. I showed up on your laptop. I showed up on your personal device this morning, and I've got a word from you. You don't have to have a question mark over your life. You can have an exclamation mark. God is coming with an answer he's about to make all things new he's doing it today he he's working that way in this end time God's not restricted or hindered he's going to show up right where you didn't anticipate it your question is going to be how how did God get in this how did God show up here I'll tell you why divine appointment God showed up you're hearing us this morning because God has a divine appointment Uh oh I'll hurry quickly because some of you know the story, but in case you don't, the questions start. Jesus says, give me to drink. And she says, why are you, a Jew, asking me, a woman of Samaria, for a drink? He said, if you knew the gift of God and who I am, you would ask me to give you a drink and I would have given you living water. She says, sir, you don't have anything to draw with. The well's deep and you got no, you got no bucket, you got no rope. How is it then that you're going to You're going to give me living water. Are are you greater than the one that gave us the well? It sustained us for generations. There's been hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of years where this water has watered the camels. It's watered watered the the, the, the people. It's watered our community. We we live by this well. If you did a little research, you'd find that there were other wells in the area, but they weren't good. The water wasn't good. It was awful tasting that wasn't used for the drinking water. That, but Jacob's well, it had a living stream that ran through it. And so when you, when you drop your bucket down deep into that well, the cold, clear water would come up. And it was wonderful in taste. And it's beautiful. And it was just, it was sustaining. And, and now she's saying, sir, how, how are you going to draw? What is this water? It can't be better than the water that, that we haven't found anything better for thousands of years. Sounds a little bit like our generation, doesn't it? That, that we just kind of keep renewing the old. We live in a generation that has the same question, is it better? 
Is this life in Christ better? Is it really better now? Is it better than what life is offering me right now? How can I be guaranteed? What's my guarantee? What's, what's the proof that's in the pudding? What, how do I know that what you've got is better, CCC? How do I know that the church has the real thing? How do I know that it's, it's really better? What makes you think that, that my, what my parents taught me isn't good enough? What, what makes you think that you've got one up on culture? What makes you think that this is better? Ha Why well, sometimes I just like to answer a question with a question. I, I would say back to society. I would say back to our generation. I would say, well, how, how is this well working for you? This well that you've been drawn from because by every observation, humanity's broken. By every observation, things aren't getting better. By every observation, things aren't coming together. From where I sit and where I look, it looks like things are barely held together. Everything is ready to fly apart. It takes one little input to impact a great chaotic event. How's this well working for you? How, how is this well of the world working out for you? How is this well where, where you've been drawn for maybe your lifetime, your decades? How is that working out for you? Is it, is it bringing you peace? Is it bringing you hope? Is it answering the question marks that are in your life? Or, or is it just allowing you to keep doing the same old thing over and over and over again? Because Jesus said it, whoever drinks this water shall thirst Again, I, 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 <clears throat> I was thinking about the phrase that we often see when someone's got a new product or you've heard it with me. I'll just throw it out there. New and improved. We're talking about the power of something new. Well, the myth of new and improved is that it's, if it's improved, it's not new. It's something old. Maybe it is improved, but it's old and improved. It's not new. If it's new, it's just new. There is no, it's an oxymoron, new and improved. It's either old and improved or it's new. Something can't be new and improved. It can be old and improved, but it can't be new and improved. I'll say that a few more times until you get it. It's either new or it's not. And what she had was old. And what she had wasn't working. What she had brought her back to the well day after day. What, are, what she had was humility and, and she had just been humbled. She, she was in shame. What she had didn't answer the questions. What she had wasn't enough. That's what she had. But what she needed was something new. And she knew it because she said, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She may have been trying to avoid the stares of those around her. Maybe she was trying to avoid confrontations like this one where she ended up communicating with people and then questions started coming that she didn't want to give answers to and that's exactly what happened next. Jesus said, call your husband to come here. And she said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You've had five husbands and the guy that you're with now isn't your husband. True. She said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet and she attempts to divert the conversation. She's got, she's got really good at this. She said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain, but you say Jerusalem is the place to worship. He said, it's not about where, it's about what. It's not about what, it's about how and who you worship. The, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father 
in spirit and in truth for, for, the, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. And, and immediately the conversation shifts into that place where Jesus needs it to go. And, and, and that's where we need the conversation to go this morning. With nine minutes left before noon, I, I want to ask somebody today, it's not about where or what or what you've had or where you've been or what you've done. It's about, it's about who you're willing to worship now and how. The Father seeketh such to worship him. The seeking has been the active ingredient in this whole scriptural conversation. The seeking for her by him and the seeking for the what by her. But now Jesus puts and connects necessity with the need meter. And she realizes that this is more than just a man. This is the one who can make the change in her life that she desperately needs. God is his spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Our goal as a church family is that we create an environment that isn't just another well where somebody comes and week after week just kind of sustains our desire is that someone will come and realize the connection that they can have with an almighty supernatural God and that there is a truth that sets you free, not a truth that binds you and holds you captive to your past. But there is a truth that allows you the liberty of walking out of the old into the new. And that's what we're talking about for the last few weeks is that God says, I'm going to make all things new. Isaiah 43 verse 18, he said, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth and shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is wanting to do something brand new. And there is a message of truth that is preached from this pulpit week after week that will set you free. God is God is looking for a people in this day and in this age to, to worship him in that, the same way that he was calling her to worship him, in spirit and in truth. We need the power of the spirit, and our prayer is that you felt it this morning. Our prayer is that it's been engaging you, it's, it's been calling you, it's been working in your heart, that, that, that feeling of knowing that God is right there with you. We need the work of the Spirit, but we need the truth that sets men and women free. And that truth is that you can repent of your sins. That truth is that you can be buried in His name in waters of baptism. That truth is that you can be filled with His Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and you walk, you, you, come on, you walk into a brand new life. You go into a brand new thing. Don't, you forget the things that were old. You forget the things that were in the past, and God is wanting to do something brand new in you we can come back to the music this morning that woman left that morning searching for three things she may not have identified it but she was searching for the right water she was looking for because as soon as he said there is a water that will allow you to never thirst again she said give me she was searching for the right relationship. She had five husbands, and the one that she was with now wasn't her husband. But she was looking for the one relationship that would change her life. She was looking for the right way to worship. She had come with a desire because as soon as she recognized that he was the prophet, as soon as she recognized that he could tell her everything about herself, she said, how is it that we're supposed to worship? 
She was seeking those things. She was looking for the right water, the right relationship, the right worship. And Jesus checked all the boxes and filled in all of the blanks in her life and said, this is how you find it. Our world, our world is full of people that are searching. But the only thing that the world can offer is an attempt at new and improved. New and improved, less hurt. New and improved, less shame. New and improved, we'll, we'll change the rules so that, that it's less offensive, less offense. New and improved. New and improved, we'll just make some adjustments here on our end. And New and improved, but it's the same old well. New and improved religion. New and improved history. New and improved. We'll just change some things in the past. We'll, we'll adjust it so it fits our current desire for current lifestyles. We'll, we'll just make some changes here. And, 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 and really all they're doing is just saying, oh, we got into new and improved sin. We got new and improved shame. We've got new and improved hopelessness. We've got new and improved Less than enough. We've got new and improved. All kinds, that's what the world keeps selling. And they change the billboard and get better lights and better signs. They, they change the advertising and they change the, the slogans. They change it all. But that's not what we need. What we need is a brand new life. What we need is a new, come on, something new that God does. We need someone to rise out of waters of baptism into newness of life. We need someone that when God touches down in their heart, they become a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. That is what we need. We don't need old and improved. We need new. That's the power of something new. And it happened in her life. The water pot, she left it behind because that old water pot represented everything that was. It represented the previous provision that wasn't enough. It identified the previous burden that had to just continually happen in her life day after day. It never relented. It never gave up. It was always, it never ended the thirst that was in her life, that water pot. That water pot determined her previous destination day after day, going to the same thing, doing the same thing. It's just day after day, continuing the same cycle of hurt and pain and sin and shame and all of those things that, that happened in her life. That empty pot just always determined those things. The, the daily activity, the daily direction, the, the same routine. But God said, I'm going to change it all. Leave the water pot behind because I'm going to do something new. Thank God for new. Thank God that lives don't just rise to walk out of baptismal tanks the same, but that we rise to walk in newness of life. Thank God. Thank God that there's hope, not of just old and improved, but that we have hope of brand new. She left the old behind because that's the power of something new. It was a wonderful Friday evening. Friday evening, right around 5 o'clock. Been arranged during the day. Lori came into the sanctuary and social distance. We came and met here at the baptismal tank and buried her in waters of baptism in Jesus' name. It was absolutely wonderful. And uh, I, I like having this new tank here. 
I like it because we can refer to it, we can point to it, we can remind people that this is life-changing opportunity. This is a necessity as a part of salvation. It's not optional. You need to be baptized. There are no delayed baptisms, and I'll remind everybody that's watching, if you're local, we are 24-7 on baptisms. We'll gown up, mask up, sanitize, but we'll bury you in waters of baptism in Jesus' name. And you, here's what I know, you can rise to walk in newness of life. We're, we're, the doors are open for anybody that, that needs to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's not optional. It's a necessity. And if you're from beyond the reach of CCC, my prayer is that you would find a church that would baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in water by immersion for the remission of your sins because it's a necessity the mode and the method matter what's said and how it's done matters be mindful of that but it was absolutely beautiful what happened in this service not a service it wasn't a service Friday night before our mission service but the other thing I like about this new tank is that it's warm so when we buried her in waters of baptism and she rose out of the waters the look in her face as she sat there and embraced what God did was absolutely beautiful it wasn't just a wash up of the old it was something brand new the smile the transformation that occurs you see it when they come out of the water it's, it, it, it's so wonderful She just embraced the moment, sat there, and we waited while God just touched her and ministered to her. I'm grateful today for the power that God brings of brand new. And that power is at work wherever you are. Our encouragement this morning is that don't just embrace old and improved. It's never an improvement anyway. Embrace God wanting to do something brand new in your life today. I wonder wherever you are, gather your family together. We're going to pray because our belief, I'm believing that when we have the opportunity to get back together, there are going to be some brand new people in the building. My, my belief is that there's going to be some brand new people because God's going to call them into that place of changing their life and transforming them. All the questions you have about your past, God wants to erase it and wash it and make your life brand new. The power of something new is yours to embrace today. Would you gather your family together? We're going to pray. We're going to ask the Spirit of God to minister and to move. God, would you let that anointing that's been moving in this room, God, would you let that touch down in living rooms? God, would you let that touch down in somebody's vehicle as they're driving along somewhere? Would you let... God, would you let your spirit begin to call? You have met with us this morning. But God, you met with us on purpose. It may be that this is being broadcast a little later for someone else, but you're wanting to change their life today. You are searching. God, you're changing. You're transforming. You're moving in this end time revival. It's not going to just be old. It's going to be, God, it's going to be something new that you're doing. God, in this day, we're praying, let the latter rain. 
God, combine with the former rain. Let it begin to do a powerful work in hearts, lives, in communities, in our church. God, we, we lift up those that are embracing struggle right now. We, we pray for those that, God, it's not easy. The, the road is difficult. We didn't, you didn't say it was going to be just sunshine and roses after salvation. But, God, you did promise us that if we'll endure to the end, the same will be saved. This, this new life that you've given us, God, it, it comes with, with challenge. It comes with hope. It comes with embracing, God, the promise. It comes with all of that. But we are so thankful for the new that you've changed in our life. We give you great praise. God, I pray that you would continue. In your name we ask it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. We're going to see you back at 6 o'clock tonight. Looking forward to a word from God. going to be a rebroadcast, but God's going to, His word doesn't die. His word continues. His word will speak. So be ready, be prepared, be engaged. God's going to help us. We believe that God, nothing's, nothing's by happenstance. God's got this all in control. He's going to meet someone at the well this morning. He's going to meet someone at the well tonight. Let's be here. Let's be sure that we're engaged. God bless you. We love you all very, very much. Be mindful of the Kelly family if you want to give online. We welcome that. God bless you in Jesus' name.